where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome back to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. It's the return of Troy. Alright. Alright. How do? Not bad. Yeah. How are you, Troy? Alright, mate. Sun shining. The weather is sweet. We're getting closer to summer. It is. I got my beer at the ready. Mmm. Nice, nice. That wasn't Foley, that was just a <laughs> disgusting slurp. For, Actual slurp. For your listeners at home. Uh, we, do, we do things for real here at Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. Today we're talking about the episode, I kid you not, episode 14 of season 7. It was aired on the 16th of February, 1989. It was directed by James Burroughs and... We've got an interesting writing credit where it was split for story and teleplay. Story was by Rick Barron and teleplay was by Rod Burton, which doesn't sound like a real name. It it sounds... (laughs) Rod Burton. Yeah, it sounds like some 70s guy with a crowbar (laughs) (laughs) moustache. A Matt Berry character. Yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) it's a strong name. So, pardon my ignorance... What's the difference? Teleplay is very much the treatment for visuals, for TV or film or, in some regards, a stage, whereas the story is the actual narrative behind it. I see. Every day's a school day. Yeah. It'll be the difference between a Shakespeare play as text and as a story and the actual performance of said play. Got you. Okay. So that's a nice little fact to kick off this episode. Mm. Love me nom, a fact. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Little fact tapas here. <laughs> fact tapas. <laughs> you know I love a fact tapas. <laughs> Do and just a tapas for that matter. The, it's a dangerous game of tapas because you feel like you're not eating much, and then you go seventy pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there was only five small plates. I don't understand. It was not a measly meze after all. Mm. <laughs> the cold open of this episode is uh, Woody and his new bow, which uh, is nice. Yeah, yeah, he's off to uh, his first country club dance. He's off to a barn he's dance. trying to find a means to get there. A barn dance, that's it. Country club, country barn, that's it. <laughs> he's trying to find a transport means to get there. He's going to take the bus, but... Uh, the peasant the guys wagon. At the, bar aren't in- the peasant wagon. The guys at the bar aren't impressed. They uh, they think he should be driving there. They think he should be impressing the boss's daughter. And so he wants to use Sam's car. And uh, apparently it is that the Ten Commandments of Sam alone. Number four, thou shalt not loan thy car. And Sam is hysterical at the idea that Woody had asked him to borrow his car. Uh, and Woody thinks Woody likes his chances. He thinks Sam's in a great mood, and that's why he's laughing, not the fact that he's had the audacity to ask to borrow his car. You're coming to my house! Uh, so that's it, basically. Uh, it ends with Sam laughing at the suggestion and Woody going, I oh, seems in a good mood. I'm sure it'll be fine. Woody is mistaken. From that, we go on to the main episode, which is very much a continuation of, of this, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, the guys at the bar think that Sam's car is a rolling aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> it's just painted with pheromones <laughs> that's it <laughs> uh, Rebecca says she's ridden in the car but she hasn't bedded Sam so clearly it's not a rolling aphrodisiac either that or Rebecca's lying 
you go and sit in your office on your throne of lies, Rebecca. <laughs> and that's where she spends most of the episode. She comes out every so often and they go, so, uh, how's Sam in bed? And then she and goes back into the Straight office. Straight back in the office. That's basically all that Kirstie Alley does in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, this episode's more about Carla and, and, uh, and her boy and Lilith and Fraser. Um, speaking of which, Carla wants to bunk off early because she wants to go and watch her son's baseball game. And she says the important of that importance of that rather, and doesn't want him growing up to be like smoking a pipe and wearing a, a tweed jacket or some something or other. And like a geography teacher or or a, or a, or a jazz enthusiast. <laughs> At this exact moment, uh, Fraser walks past and is dressed exactly like her description. Yeah, it's a dweeb, I think is the apt term. <laughs> Who uses that term? <laughs> uh, I use the term, but and, you know, I like to spice my vocabulary up with, you know, the words of old. Aye, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Good motto, Troy. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you said it, that the episode is more about Carla's son, Ludlow, Tortelli, which uh, she birthed via uh, one of Frazier's mentors in his in his career path. As a result, this child is very different from the likes of Anthony or the other children she has. Whereas, because this child is, what's the word you would use? Smart. Yeah, I was I was going to go for a slightly you know more diplomatic word, but yes, no, he's he's definitely seems closer to a child of Fraser than a child of a child of Carla. Uh, one of eight children. I didn't realise she had so many. Yep, she's got eight children by three dads. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the uh, she, she said something along the lines of like, I've got eight children and none of them had a conviction that stood up on a field or something or other. <laughs> none of them <laughs> have a, had a conviction that's held up. And that's the important thing. Yeah, Cliff says that uh, kids like that, kids like like Ludlow or Luddy, as uh, Carla calls him, won't get along with other kids uh, in in a grown up world. Or Norm says, is that because they keep boring people with with long speeches and meaningless stats? Cliff goes on <laughs> to give exactly that with some stats and proves Norm's point. Yep, yeah, sixty three percent of them live lives of quiet desperation. <laughs> How about those who sit next to them? There's nothing wrong with stats. I love stats. I'm partial to stats. Stats and facts. That's my jam. Stats and facts. But I think Cliff, <laughs> he, he, he speaketh out of his ass, <laughs> is what he does. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that's what the difference is. I don't embellish on the stats. I go, I heard this once. That's all you need to know. <laughs> cool. There's no more to it. It's fine. Take that. Do what you will with it. Efficient statage. I think Norm's getting quite tired of Cliff's nonsense. But I'll tell you who isn't. Is uh, Fraser and Lilith. They're quite taken by little Lud. Yeah, they like him. Fraser's definitely taken a shining to him. It gives him some advice uh, on on how to deal with his his situation. Ludlow informs him that he's he's been leaning on some gum. To which Fraser's really, really ticked off about. I think it's happened again. I think it's... He's a magnet for gum by by going what Lilith said. A gum magnet. You know who Lud reminds me of in this episode? You know Back to the Future? It's, yeah. He reminds me of the teenage version of 
Marty's dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't click that at first, but yeah, no, no, you say it. <laughs> it's uh, that's who it reminds me of. It's uh, <laughs> that's who we'll grow up to be. Fajon and Lilith very much take it upon themselves that they want to expand Lud's cultural horizons. Yeah, it's quite apparent that he. He's got something about him. He, he's in tune with the arts and, and stuff like that. I think Lilith explains that they're going to a musical and he knows exactly what musical that is. Mm. And so, yeah, as I say, they want to take him to the, 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 the theatre to go and see this performance. Um, she explains to Carla that it would help her and Fraser as they're in the process of deciding of whether they want to have children or not. Which brings up an interesting scientific point because Carla said that although... His father supports them financially. He's never around. He doesn't choose to visit. He send, just sends the check. But yet, Lud has incorporated clearly his father's interests mm. and mannerisms. So yeah. the debate then becomes, is it nature versus nurture? Um, mm. With Lud, it seems to be nature because it's clearly, it's clearly not Carla's influence. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> and you look at Anthony Tortelli and he's exactly like a young Nick Tortelli to a mm-hmm, T. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. that's an interesting perspective they brought up there. Yeah, yeah. it is. Carla agrees to let him go, though, doesn't she? Um, yeah. But then some a little time passes a little later in the evening and she's becoming a little bit concerned that they aren't back from the theatre yet. Norm says he's never seen her so, so, so concerned about her children uh, considering she doesn't care much about the rest of them. <laughs> um, but she, she says she, she really loves Ludlow Really, really, really has a, a soft spot for him. But she's not very forthcoming with it. She doesn't want the rest of the, the patrons at the bar to know that. Reminds me of the Lucilla Bluth quote. I love all my children equally. And then an hour earlier, I don't care for Job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I do. I do miss the actress. She was fantastic. Just, just <laughs> the salty matriarch. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Walter, may she rest in peace. Wonderful actress she was. Uh, But no, you're right. Carla reluctantly tells Cliff, of all people, that she actually is quite taken by Lud and she loves Lud because he's actually a sweet kid. You know, he doesn't try to, you know, lock his stepfather in a closet or anything like this. (laughs) You know, all the normal things kids do. All the the normal things you do. Yeah. All the normal (laughs) things that Freud would go, oh, that's very interesting. Tell me, why do you put your your father in the closet? Is it because you are threatened by him? (laughs) We see Sam still laughing about the the fact that Woody wants to use his car. Uh, Sam offers to give Woody's girlfriend a lift in his car, but he's having none of it because he says that she'll end up sleeping with him instead. And then Woody sort of, he plays a guilt trip, but unwillingly plays like, a guilt trip on Sam, doesn't he? He says, you know, there's no hard feelings. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot. And uh, I want you to know that even though you won't let me borrow your car, there's no hard feelings. And if I ever have a car of my own and you want to borrow it, cheers. Uh, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to guilt me into giving you my car. No, I'm not. I wouldn't do that. You're my best friend. Oh, man, you're scum. <laughs> I mean it, Sam. I love you. Oh, hey, that, fine. Here, take the damn car. <laughs> What just happened? You outsmarted him. So that's what it feels like. It didn't. doesn't take much to outsmart Sam. <laughs> Shortly after this, Lud returns with the cranes, and they had a great time at this opera, and 
Lilith, I've never seen Lilith like this. She actually seemed quite affectionate and very much like a mother hen. Like going, oh, can, can he come over for a sleepover? Can he, Carla, please, Carla, can he come over? <laughs> they want to take him out again. They want him to stay over. Bit forward. <laughs> a little bit forward. But he seems keen on the idea. Carla says, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And, and then as they leave, she's, she's convinced she's lost her child now. She thinks, that's it. He's gone. He's away with the people that, you know, he's, he's got something in common with. And she doesn't feel that she has anything to kind of to add to that because there's obviously quite that, that void in, in personalities and stuff like that. So um, it's like, he's off of his own now. Yeah. Which is a difficult thing. I, I, I don't have children, but I've have heard of the difficulties parents have with bonding with their children. Cause there's obviously that generational divide mm. there and the divide in interests. So it's, yeah, it's a mm. difficult thing for any parent. So I've heard. And, uh, and Carla just saw that, you know, in physical form. So, That's it. <laughs> yeah. So we go back to Woody and Sam, and Woody's still just double-checking that Sam hasn't changed his mind on allowing him to use the car. And uh, Sam says, get out of my face before I hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> get, out, get out of it. <laughs> and then we come back to Carla, who's, who's sat at the bar listening to some opera music on her headphones. Cliff doesn't believe that she can hear him, so uh, he calls her a troll, or at least says she looks like a troll. And I'm sure he's making reference to like the little troll dolls, wasn't he, that you used to get with the, the big hair. And yeah, I had a few of those somewhere. Um, anyway, I digress. Because so, as I was saying about that kind of like void in, in personality and, and connection with, with Ludlow, Carla feels that she doesn't have anything to talk to him about, which is why she's trying to listen to, to more classical music and read more and kind of educate herself and in literature and art and stuff like that. You ever listened to or watched a, or been to an opera of any kind? Nah, it's not my bag. I feel like, in theory, it's interesting, but in practice, they're, they're long, aren't they? They're long, and in a language I probably won't understand. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just like, it, it looks good on paper as a story. I'm just not sure I've got like four hours to watch it play out. No, and that's 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 a generalization. They may not all be four hours. You know, some are probably about eight. I don't know, um, <laughs> but that is, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's really my bag. So yeah, it's just it is. It's a whole day out. You can take a day off of annual leave. That's not the sort of thing you just go after work in the evening to go watch. Like that's a full day's work. If I'm going to an opera, I need at least two espressos. Just yeah, that's it. Love musicals. I've been to plenty of like live musicals. I've been to the theatre, but. Yeah, an opera just seems a little bit long-winded. Mm. I like reading about operas on, on Wikipedia. I like reading the summaries because you go, ooh, look at all that juicy Italian drama. But then, like, it's five <laughs> hours long, though, so... <laughs> nah, pass. Allow yeah. it. So, Fraser and Lud have returned to the bar. They've dropped off Luddy at home. Fraser says he reminds, like, Ludlow reminds... Um, him of himself when he was younger, except Ludlow has more hair. And <laughs> again, they want him to stay about some more. Uh, and Carla doesn't want him to stay over at theirs for dinner. She's really starting to miss him now and realizing how much she means to him and, and how much of a, a connection she has to him and wants to continue to build on. She says, you know, I was going to cook a big bowl of pasta at home and have the family round and watch America's Most Wanted. And I need him back at home. To be fair, that sounds like an amazing dinner. I, I'll be well up for that. Big bowl of pasta, <laughs> loads of sauce, loads mm. of cheese. 
with beer with Carla. Tyler pointing out all the criminals and being like, oh, foolish man. <laughs> and then just some absolute car crash TV. Yep, right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Opera, America's Most Wanted. Let's, let's go for Most Wanted. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's easy. Easy day. Fraser's booked a table, isn't he, at uh, quite an exclusive restaurant called uh, Magritte, I think it is. Uh, Norm hasn't heard of it. Apparently, it's very highbrow. It's very exclusive. And Norm hasn't heard of it. And Fraser says, exactly. Of course, you haven't heard of it. It's exclusive. Ty Brow. It's like your kind of gaff. I assume it's named after René Magritte. I don't know who that is. Enlighten me. He's a Belgian surrealist artist, and he, one of his famous paintings is that painting of the guy with the suit with an apple in front of his face. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I know the piece. I assume it's named after him. Every day is a school day. Yeah. So yeah, he's booked the table there, this fancy exclusive restaurant, and... Uh, Lilith is trying to convince Carla to to allow uh, Ludlow to come with, and she says, oh, the child will love it. And so would Ludlow, because Fraser's a big child. Oh, he is. He's, he's, a, he's a child wrapped in tweed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam suggests inviting Carla for the dinner, though, doesn't he? And Lilith agrees. And Fraser doesn't seem too keen on the idea. Um, he's got his hand up on the bar, and Lilith is grabbing his hand, digging his nails into his hand. And he says, yeah, I'm sure I'll agree before you manage to draw blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's a compromise. I think they've had Ludlow for quite a lot of time. I think they should invite Carla yeah. along at this point, even if they are going to yeah. a restaurant. They better be paying. Well, they, he actually says that, doesn't he? He invites her to dinner. She's kind of offended. He offers to yeah. pay, and then she goes, go on then. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they invite her along. Uh, he warns her it's very swanky. It reminds me of what I said before. It's a fancy restaurant, but it's like a tapas type thing with a surprisingly high cost. And uh, Carla's extremely well-dressed and well-spoken. The menu is a delightful combination of nouvelle and provincial with a nod toward domestic ingredients. You get a lot of all this ambiance. <laughs> the art park is stunning. Yes, well, there's a delightful example of modern art. If I might venture a guess, I would say it's a schnabel. It isn't. But even if it was, it would be pronounced schnabel. Excuse me. It's a little hard to tell this far from our table. While they're there, they get treated to a plethora of courses, which all sound, you know, very fancy, quite nice. So while they're having this meal, Woody is going on this date with Kelly, and uh, although Sam lent him his car, and they're cruising, and they're ready to go to Makeout Point, Woody leans out the window and asks where that is, and Sam yells from the car behind the directions. <laughs> it's Woody just trying to be so smooth about it, isn't he? Like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm getting a bit tired. I think maybe we should pull over. And she's like, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. And just to lean out of the window, like, Sam, where is it? <laughs> Kelly doesn't seem to mind. Ke- Kelly saw through the uh, pretense and was like, yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so we go back to the restaurant, don't we? And uh, Fraser's going quite over the top with describing the dish and, and how good it apparently is and how much they should be excited for it and, and, and its tastes and flavours and what it does to the palate. Smell the piquant bouquet. Taste it on every part of your tongue and then let it just dance down your throat. 
Frazier, as usual, your anticipation is interfering with my enjoyment. Oh, 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 it's a, what was the start of Lilith? Just anchovies? Calm down. <laughs> Salt-loaded anchovies, because anchovies aren't salty enough for you. <laughs> Saw some anchovies and just rolled them on the pavement. Just, mmm, rolled them on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> just just dip, dip them in the grip box. That's what she did. <laughs> So after that, uh, uh, they do tell Frasier to to shut up, but then comes this uh, fish course called a, a bouillabaisse. It's a kind of fish soup. Uh, you like fish soup? Uh, no. <laughs> I prefer my fish like either like fish and chips, like like battered fish, or preferably like raw fish, like sushi. But yeah, I don't mm. want. I don't want fish in hot water, if I'm honest. <laughs> I have had chowder, which I quite liked. Oh, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, and I guess my, my homeland, we have cullen skink, which is a specific type of fish soup made of smoked haddock, potatoes, and onions. I mean, that doesn't sound bad. I say I don't like fish or... Well, I say I don't like fish in soup. It sounds like a bit like a chowder, and I quite like chowder. I had, like, clam chowder when I went to... Uh, what is it? Was it Boston or Cape Cod? But yeah, I guess I don't mind it. Ch- yeah, chowder's all right. But now what they were eating looked, it looked awful. <laughs> and Lud felt very much the same. He's just not a fan of that. Says he doesn't like fish. Fraser makes quite a nasty remark and says, this isn't like the food that you'd get out of the can with a mermaid on at home. Like, <laughs> Ooh. It's scathing. not like your mother's cooking, which is terrible, by the way. <laughs> Which is awful. <laughs> he goes on to say, we all like things that we didn't as a child. And Lily says, yeah. Likewise, when she met Fraser, she detested him. I can, I can get that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Before we detail how this whole fishy fiasco ends, shall we reveal who the cast are in this episode? Yeah. Why not? We've got uh, B.B. Newirth as Dr. Lilith Sternan. Jared Lennon as Ludlow Tortelli. He also appeared in Dennis the Menace, Growing Pains, Empty Nest, Doogie Howser MD, Quantum Leap, LA Law, The Wonder Years, The George Carlin Show, ER, Caroline in the City, Party of Five, Boy Meets World, She's All That, Freaks and Geeks, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Gilmore Girls, and many more. Jackie Swanson returns as Kelly Gaines from previous episodes. Peter Henry Schroeder as the maitre d' at Magritte's. He also appeared in BJ and the Bear, Hot Shot, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Star Trek Enterprise, The Protector, Argo, Sammy Gate, and many more. Charles Tarkovsky as Waiter. His only other film and TV credit is the TV movie The Girl Most Likely To. Peter Schreiner as Pete, Philip Pullman as Phil, and Al Rosen as Al all also appear, but are mostly uncredited. So Ludlow tries the soup, and to the surprise of absolutely no one, uh, he doesn't like it, and instead he said he wants a hamburger. And Frazier's response is, this restaurant doesn't sell hamburgers. (laughs) You stupid little child. (laughs) It's just the way he said hamburgers. It was just really menacing. This restaurant does not serve hamburgers. (laughs) 
eat your bully bears. Like he's disgusted someone had mentioned the word hamburgers in an establishment like that. There's one restaurant which is, I think, growing in popularity. It's quite a hipster or yuppie thing. But they do six courses as a, as a kind of tapas thing. But they change the theme of the restaurant every uh, six weeks or something ridiculous. And one of the themes was American food. So you had like a really avant-garde, posh version of a hamburger. And I'm like, I'd just rather get a hamburger. I don't, I don't want it to be just, all... Just, just give me a normal burger. It doesn't need to be fancy. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's this? Ah, it is tartar steak served on the brioche from Tuscany. I don't care. Just give me, give me, you know, Behave. give me a whole meal and a slice of bacon. Just get on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just, it's needlessly poncy. Is what yeah. it is. And I don't There's no need for that. I don't mind the fancy food. Like France is known for for France fancy food. Yeah, I say oh, that's what I said. Fancy food. Uh and you know, that's that is what it is. You know, because it's and it's but not pretending to be, it's not pretending to be something else. Yeah, exactly. So sort of masquerading as something else. Like you get fancy food. Yeah. You get like, you know, high end Michelin star fancy, and then you get like places that try and make a mountain out of mojo, like it's a cheeseburger. Ultimately, it's a cheeseburger. You can call it whatever you want. You can make it sound as fancy as you want, but at the end of the day, it's a cheeseburger. Stop sprinkling glitter on a turd. It's not the food which pisses me off. It's the choices they make with the food. Jackfruit. I quite like jackfruit, but I think jackfruit needs to have more confidence in itself because it keeps pretending to be pulled pork. And I think it can just be jackfruit. I don't yeah, think it needs to just, pretend to be anything. Nah. It could, yeah, you know? it can. No, exactly. You want pulled pork, have pulled pork. If you're vegetarian or vegan, then fine. But jackfruit does not cut it. Like jackfruit, just, just call it jackfruit. jackfruit. Just it's don't call it vegan else. pulled pork nachos. Call it jackfruit nachos. That's fine. You know. Oh. Don't. Don't get me started on this nonsense. <laughs> we, we, Troy and I are both very opinionated on this matter. <laughs> it's just this whole, like, I'm going to call it this, but it's that. Like, stop, don't call it bacon. It's not bacon. Don't call it chicken. It's not chicken. Let's call it what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know the correct term for it. Bacon is, but no, call it. Fake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, we digress anyway. <laughs> I feel like Ludlow in this with just like a petulant child. I'm just like, I want a hamburger. They don't sell it. I'm off. So he just scoots under the table, doesn't he? And makes a bit of a scene. Frazier says that Carla should ignore him because he wants her to, to get him from under the table. Don't give him what he wants. Don't give in to it. You've got to stand your ground on this. Lilith starts to smell, get a burning smell. And Frazier says that it's his shoe. And he knows exactly what's going on. He says, I'm not going to give the child a pleasure of hearing me cry out. If you like the other match, and that is the end of our tutelage. <laughs> I bet he has some, you know, expensive shoes as well. Burnt suede is uh, probably a very <laughs> unique scent. Uh, Burnt suede. Probably a lovely color, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's his, like, external, like, verbal battle. The fact he knows that his foot's on fire. <laughs> And he can't say anything to it. Like, and he's just going off on one without actually addressing that there's a child under the table setting foot to it. One hot foot. 
might be considered a puckish prank. But if you light that other match, it is the end of our tutelage. Is that perfectly clear? <laughs> That's it. That's it. I've had it. That severs the relationship. Fraser, everyone thinks you're arguing with your clams. <laughs> what happens in the end is Carla goes under the table after Ludd sets both of Frasier's feet on fire and Frasier goes please, please get him Um, (laughs) Carla of course gives a kind of salty comment like, oh are you sure Frasier I mean, I've not led any seminars on anything, I'm just a mother (laughs) uh... (laughs) And, and they go for a burger together, mother and son which is nice yeah, that's what you want. That's what you want. Frasier, of course, says to Lud, Lud, we'll have to get dinner again sometime. But, you know, when you're in your late 30s. <laughs> little known fact. <laughs> little known fact. If Lud was six when this episode aired, Lud would now be 39 or 40. I would like to see that. I want to see them revisit that. And Lud actually goes for, for dinner with Frasier now. That he's all grown. <laughs> I'm calling that dinner you offered 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling in that favour, do you remember? <laughs> the whole reason Lilith and Frasier wanted to, uh, I suppose, influence Lud and spend time with Lud is because they're considering children of their own. And this was a whole beta test, if you will. And Frasier yeah. thinks that after this experience... Uh, they shouldn't have children. She's not cut out for it. Surprise, Frasier. Uh, <laughs> Lilith is Ooh. with child. With child. She is avec child. That's it. <laughs> avoc, avoc enfant. That's what it would be. There you go. That's the one. Yeah. And Frasier is delighted. Or is he? <laughs> he, he, he he's like, he's going to be a daddy. He's going to be a daddy. He tells everyone. They don't care. But uh, he tells everyone in the restaurant. So, and that's how the episode ends, with Lilith smiling and Frasier yelling at everyone. Not the clams, though. He's moved on from that. Uh, the clams have had their words. You know, they've learned their lesson. <laughs> that ends the episode. Got some mail here. Oh, it's 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 the bill from Magritte's Troy. Oh, crikey. I'm not made of money. Payday's away off. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's ignore that and instead look at this trivia mail instead. There we go. That's much better. But as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. I've got a couple here. You want me to go first? Yeah. What trick does Carla use to get Ludlow to play t-ball? It's something like she lies to him uh, in that she'll take him to the library and then dumps them outside the ballpark or something like that. Correct, yeah. Going to the library, running out of gas uh, in front of the ballpark. That's it. I, uh, I've got one here. It's related to the ball game. Uh, Ludlow is the last player picked in the T-ball game. But which three players went before him? There were three players who were picked before Lud. Just give descriptions of these three players. Um... Which three players went before him? I well, I haven't got a clue. I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> the answer was a guy in a cast 
and two fat girls. Oh, oh, now you say it. Yep. I remember him saying that. I remember him saying about the two fat girls and just being like, oh, that's pretty harsh. Yes, you've jogged my memory. Thank you. I have got one more for you. How much did the Bulibas, if that's how you pronounce it, I think it is, I don't know, Bulibasi, Bulibas, whatever. How much did that course cost alone? Uh, it costs a ludicrous cost. That's right, 32. <laughs> ludicrous, outrageous cost. My last question, what books does Carla get to bond with Lud? Uh, what books does she get? Um, something to do with art, maybe? Oh, I can't remember now. I think it's something to do with art, but I could be wrong. Enlighten me. What was it? Uh, the answer is History of Modern Art, A Comprehensive Guide to the World of Opera, and Hollywood Wives, apparently because she's getting into literature also. Ah, okay. It was partly right. One out of three. History of Modern Art and <laughs> Hollywood Wives. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, with that sound, it's uh, it's last call. What should we have as a, as a house special this episode, Troy? Do you think a uh, fishy soup? I, ugh, I, that's a hard no from me, mate. Oh, well, a hamburger then. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take a bowl of, uh, of New England clam chowder. That's what we'll go with. That's, that seems like a, seems like a compromise. What's it, what's it called from a, The Simpsons? Steamed hams. <laughs> Steamed hams. Steamed hams. And that's it. Well, I like this episode. I think it's good news with Lilith and Fraser, and I'm looking forward to seeing what adventures that brings. Yeah. As am I. They're, they're going to be uh, tumultuous parents, I think. I think they're going to bring a lot of excitement to their child's life. So uh, we've got that to look forward to. In the meantime, uh, this has been Where Nobody Knows Your Name, It Shares Podcast. Mm-hmm.